Wow. Does anything work when you ask it to? No, not even kids, not even people. The original Red Pill Show. Welcome to a brand new episode. of our two previous encounters is now very clear to me. I do not intend to be distracted by another. Good night, Mr. Bond. Do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. To die. Oh, yes, as much as any bloke. But in the spirit of commemoration, whereby those important events of the past, usually associated with someone's death or the end of some awful bloody struggle, are celebrated with a nice holiday... I thought we could mark this November the 5th, a day that is sadly no longer remembered, by taking some time out of our daily lives to sit down and have a little chat. There are, of course, those who do not want us to speak. We think, just let me think. I suspect even now, orders are being shouted into telephones, and men with guns will soon be on their way. It's Chancellor Sutler. Damn it! Why? Because while the truncheon may be used in lieu of conversation, words will always retain their power. Words are for the means to meaning, and for those who will listen, the enunciation of truth. And the truth is, there is something terribly wrong with this country, isn't there? You designed it, sir. You wanted it foolproof. You told me every television in London. Cruelty and injustice, intolerance and oppression. And where once you had the freedom to object, to think and speak as you saw fit, you now have sensors and systems of surveillance coercing your conformity and suggesting your submission. We need cameras. How did this happen? Who's to blame? Well, certainly there are those who are more responsible than others, and they will be held accountable. But again, truth be told, if you're looking for the guilty, you need only look into a mirror. There is no escape. Don't make me destroy you. Luke, you do not yet realize your importance. You have only begun to discover your power. Join me, and I will complete your training. With our combined strength, we can end this destructive conflict and bring order to the galaxy. I'll never join you! If you only knew the power of the dark side. Do you want to know what it is? No! The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now, in this very room. You can see it when you look out your window, or when you turn on your television. You can feel it when you go to work, when you go to church, when you pay your taxes. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. What truth? That you are a slave, Neo. Like everyone else, you were born into bondage. Born into a prison that you cannot smell or taste or touch. A prison 
for your mind. We move south to find Navia. Let Crixus and the other Gauls chase lost hope. Spartacus! The decision's been made. We must stand as one. Or fall. Divided. A lesson hard learned. Shackle will be struck from every slave upon our path. We will see our numbers grow. And when they have become legion, we will face Glaba and the hordes of Rome again. And the gods shall weep for their suffering. Kids, welcome to another exciting episode of the original 
Red Pill Show. Today is, what is it? It's Sunday, February, what, 12th, I think? Yes. 2023, this show. It's for entertainment educational purposes only. Please use it at your own risk. Show is copyrighted by me and Freedom Revolution Network. No part of it can be reused, rebroadcasted in any way, shape, or form. Without our written consent, or you can just ask finally. Show is opinionated. The host, especially callers, people that are naughty in the chat room. Guess whatever, whomever are and always will be opinionated under no circumstances whatsoever. Should opinions be taken as advice if you're seeking professional advice? Strongly encourage you to hire a licensed if required person in his or her field, little Tommy. Hey, man. Now that's his name, broadcasting live from, I don't know, a part of the United States of America, Incorporated Colorado, with might be a subsidiary of a bigger corporation known as the United States of America. Comrades, so we will find out here in a little bit. It's a little little teaser because they keep hearing this. And I want to do some live homework on it. And of course people are messi- you know messaging me. So if I'm pausing, it's because I'm typing. I am a male. I know I'm a male. I have a penis. And uh, us males are not very good at multitasking. Or at least I'm not. And that's what I see. Uh, Let's see here. Someone to watch movies. That would be fun. Okay. All right. So I haven't done, uh, I haven't done uh, a show in a while. And uh, the last one was maybe a week ago. And uh, got some. Got some nice feedback. Uh, this show, I'm I'm not doing it maybe more than once a week. So, uh, but I'm doing a show more, and I'm getting laid. I can tell you that. That's nine months. So, uh, let me, let's see. Is that right? Let's see. April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, January. No, now it's ten months. Huh. I wonder why I got walking around with a heart on all the time. Ten months? What? I am in... People pick a hell of a way to fucking... I am in Colorado. Uh, 
see, this is another reason why. So I'm doing something that I say I wouldn't do. I am somebody out of the blue messages me and then it takes all my concentration. And that's why I don't focus on chat room because this is what it does to me. Turns me into an idiot. Like, uh, duh, uh, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, it, it takes all my distractions. So I guess I have ADD. Acquire a double dumbass. Okay. Podbean. I want to go over to the stats here, which are horrible. This show sucks, just so you know. Uh, Podbean ba, 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 dashboard, but I, I think I'm going to do this. Um, I'm thinking about getting up like at three or four in the morning to do this. Yeah. Down 59%. I'm fired. I should be fired. But regardless, just for this month, and I think I've only done one show. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, are you a slave and who failed who? Nope. That was who failed who was in January. So six downloads for are you a slave? Now you have to remember, I took this off Spreaker and uh, I honestly don't care how many people are listening. It just doesn't matter to me. Um, and for the most part, all of our listeners are usually coming from Freedom Revolution Network. Uh, but even then, I just don't really care. Uh, it's what? You're in Tennessee. Oh, wow. I love Tennessee. I'm going to meet my sister there and marry her. Nice. I love, I love Tennessee. I love Tennessee. Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. Actually, I've been lured there. Hmm. All right. So anyway, let's see. Uh, quit distracting me, pretty women, ladies. All right. So the listeners, just for February... are Illinois, California, Colorado, which is probably me, Connecticut, and Idaho. So I think I know who Idaho is. And for Canada, there's none. In Australia, there's none. But this is all on me. I I, I get it. I mean, because I'm not doing this. I, I don't, and I wouldn't listen to a podcast or anything that somebody would come on once a month, you know, unless it was just so profound and like, oh man, I got to listen to the original Red Pill Show because I'm going to learn all this crap. And uh, hopefully you do hear, but uh, it's not enough. Um, it's not enough, apparently. Um, have I found my soulmate? I did, and she took it and ripped it out of my fucking body along with my heart, stomped on it, destroyed me, and left me for dead. So, yeah, yes, to the answer to that question is I have found my soulmate, according to this person in this chat room. Uh, no, I have not found my soulmate. Have you? 
these just come out of the blue. I have not found found my that's why I'm sitting in a one bedroom apartment. My family's been destroyed. Boo fucking who see this. And this is another reason why I got out of faith off of Facebook because this stuff comes up and people are going through shit. And then out of reciprocity and the kindness of my heart, I'm like, man, I, I just can't see. I'm, I feel for people that are going through this stuff, man. And it's like, ugh. and then it takes me back down memory lane. And I, I'm really getting tired of it. It's been seven years. You know, and everybody's just looking for somebody. Isn't there, isn't there a song? Something like that. There should be if there isn't. I saw Nick Nolte. If you don't know who he is, look him up. But when I was like, I'm a one woman guy. Okay. And I believe in a soulmate and living happily ever after or whatever. So you don't take the garbage out and then you're an asshole or cut the grass or whatever. And uh, I, I do believe in that. But Nick Nolte said that that's just a farce fallacy, a dream that we're not meant to be with the same person for your entire life. I I'm kind of starting to believe that. Uh, I really don't want to admit that, but uh, yeah, I am seeing that because I have had no desire to get him married again. I mean, how can you, how can you meet somebody, have a couple kids, start a business, be successful, be married for 27 years, know the same person for 30 and be loyal to them and everything else. And then, uh, you know, oh, well now it's next. What do you mean next? So now I'm going to have to go through all that again. I, number one, God willing, I got 30 years left in me. But th there's nothing more than I would want. But it's like I have a family. Oh, I did have a family. It's been destroyed from the inside. This person's still trying to destroy destroy everything. And uh, being successful, even though I have done my best attempts to warn everybody, but you can't win against a sociopath. And that could be a segue into uh, our government <laughs> and elected servants because the behavior is exactly the same, uh, which I don't want to get into it too much. But if these people don't get their way or if they're called out and caught, then they play themselves the victim. And if, if they can't get empathy or compassion from people in that manner, then they will blow us all to kingdom come because that's what sociopaths do and they're cowards and they'll run in their little bunkers and go, fuck you guys. And they'll hit the button and they'll let us burn up here. Sorry. It's just the very honest truth of the situation. Um, distraction time.
and I know this is a scammer. See, I, I do this too. I, I could work for the FBI. I don't want to work for the FBI. I'm just saying I could work and I've been told I could be in law enforcement. I'm not. Okay. Just make that clear. I could figure out who's a scammer and who's not probably within a week at the most, at the most. And that's dealing with multi, um, alleged women looking for love. She's already done. If it's even a woman, she's already done one thing and that's, Oh, I got your, uh, contact from blankety blank. And, uh, Hey, okay. Well, do you have Google chat or, uh, Another alternative, uh, I can't think right now because it's early, but just a different way to communicate instead of through text messaging. And it's Signal, chat, Google chat, whatever. So they're following the whole SOP here that they're a scammer, but I just let them, let them do it. And then the next thing will be, can you buy me a card or Usually it's a card, Amazon card, Apple, Google card, whatever. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, it's kind of, it's kind of scary because I was thinking about this. I'm a kid from the seventies. Okay. And with our normalized complacency and a frog boiling in water a degree at a time, which I think we're about 200 degrees now or higher, I take situations that are in my life, personal and social, all of it, and I try to fit it into a TV show from the 70s. One is the Partridge family, which is on reruns and this and that and everything else. Um, some new pictures. I just sent you some. Um, I got two chicks bothering me now. Oh, God, I wish this phone would stay. Um, right now. Um, this is where it gets weird, man. So just like, just like envision me, this is an episode on the Partridge family. I got these chicks, you know, it's a phone call. Cause back in the day, you either personally met somebody or they called you on the telephone or you called them. And I have no problem women reaching out to a guy. I, I, I think that's cool. And I don't know why women would not do that if they really were nuts about a guy. You're just going to, it's like going to the pet shop and then you see the, the dog that you really want. But with women's mentality, well, if the dog doesn't come up to me, then I'm not going to take him home. Like, what? What the fuck does that mean? Really? No, you have to pet the dog, see if it likes you, blah, 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 blah. But no, women won't do that. It's like, oh, well, the dog's got to come to me and like me and flirt with me and chase me and all that crap, which is ridiculous. 
but the situation that I'm in now, um, see where word that message come. But what I what I say is I take my situations, what's going on in the world, things you have to do just to live. I mean, hell, they were driving that fucking partridge bus with no seatbelts or anything else. And the kids running around and the dog and all that stuff. And it's like, you can't even do that anymore. Not to mention there's no GPS or anything else. It, it It's just way back then, life was just so simple. And now it just seems to be, I mean, could, it, could you imagine them going to the airport, you know, because they got a gig and, uh, well, you got to put all your crap on the uh, conveyor belt here and the x-ray machine and all this kind of crap. I mean, just, just throw any situation into the Partridge Family TV show and they have to deal with it. it it's not even, it's not even comprehensible. And then we all wonder why we're going fucking batshit crazy. Because we just can't live our life with our freedoms and liberties without being controlled, suppressed, threatened, fear-mongering, and all that. It, it's just you're not free to live your life the way you want to. And that keeps me questioning, what the hell's going on? Okay, you can have that one. Right now, right now, I want a picture right now. Okay, you know, it's like if you did that to a woman, no offense, it wouldn't happen. <laughs> it's like it wouldn't happen. Uh, God, this phone. You know, I like I like the Google phone. After what I saw yesterday, though, on Google. About Google, I'm not so much sure anymore. It sure seems to believe uh, or see allegedly from sources I'm watching, which one of them's Julie Green Ministries on YouTube. I highly recommend that. Uh, I'm on. A, that's not now though. That's that's from Saturday night. That's not now. That's from. Saturday night. No, Friday night. That's from Friday night. Yeah, I, I don't even... Oh, God, I'm, I'm getting hot. Um. Anyway. I keep doing homework and I keep hearing and seeing things I don't like. And it appears even the for oh rabbit hole burrow. So there so if you have a Roku app, somebody told me about 
an app for your Roku to watch, and it's called Burl. And then it's under the subsidiary or a line tagline saying the Red Pill Network, which is not associated with me. And it's interesting because I've been doing this for 15 years now. 15 years. And I have no doubt. That people, I know they are, they're waking up. That's why, that's why the people in power are starting to freak out. And, uh, okay, there we go. That's why people are starting to freak out. Okay, so let's see if that one fucking turns out. I don't really give a shit. Okay. You don't look too happy. It's in the morning. There's no fucking way a woman would do that. Give a guy a picture just out of bed. I don't even know if I'd want to see it, to be honest with you. I heard that, too. Oh, you guys have it so easy. You don't have to put makeup on and all this crap. I'm like, um, well, neither do you. Uh, I, I mean, I didn't say that, but a truly beautiful woman doesn't need all that crap. And then, God forbid, you wake up next to him and you're like, Jesus Christ, who the fuck are you? You look like a monster. Beauty is from within anyway. But, yeah, so I'm finding some new sources that are coming to me. The Julie Green Ministries, which she talks about prophecies that are coming true. And as far as I can tell, somebody's getting these from God, and then she's reading them off. And um, it's kind of scary because some of them are coming true. Which I do, I do believe in divine intervention. And the way that she's talking now, it seems like, according to her and her sources, God, I don't know how, not me, that Donald Trump is God's David and David and Goliath. And it appears to be he is going to be the next president again which I don't have a problem with, but I'm, and, and I don't want to get into that. I'm just saying. And then there's the Burl B. I don't, I don't, no, I don't have it on my phone. I got it on my TV. Burl, like a rabbit burrows in the ground. And there was um, a bunch of videos categorized and one was bringing up constitutional law. Awesome. You look so handsome and wonderful, man. I've heard, I wish I had a fucking dollar for every time I've been told I'm handsome and wonderful, man. <laughs> uh, and very happy to have you here. Tell me how old are you? Yeah, this, this is where it gets fucking weird. I, I, I am, and I don't lie, I am 58 years old. I got to get some more coffee. Hang on.
Oh, she's 41. See, but I still do the math. So what is that? See, you 46, 17. I'm 17 years older. Like, fuck. Wow. Wow, nice. So let's see. So the age difference. I tell people I'm 58 and don't fucking believe it. So the, uh, I could lie. But I don't lie because then I don't remember what I said. If I say the truth, then there's no need to do that. So the age difference does not bother you. Uh, okay, too many. What state are you from? She won't tell me. There's another one here. There's no way she's 41. She's probably 32. But they're contacting me. So I've never reached out and contacted anybody. I'm not I'm not doing that. I'm not playing that fucking game. Recently I've had a friend contact me and I reciprocated and uh just caught up with old times and I, and I haven't heard from her again. <laughs> so it's like, but there's some stuff going on. So I know I'm not taking it personally, but it's just like, you know, you put a carrot in front of me, I'm probably going to chase it, but not more than once. I'm not playing these games. Sorry. Okay. So what am I talking about? Oh, so the rabbit thing, uh, Burl. Burl on um, Roku. And I think I... Oh, Jesus Christ. Are you single, have kids, and been married before? I am divorced. Jesus, this is such a pain in the ass. See, you could be single, too. Pain in the dick. I am divorced. I have two grown kids. And I was married for 27 fucking years. Can I get that time back, please? I was talking to my mom yesterday. She goes, how's it going, sweetheart? And I'm like, yeah, well, uh, this and that, whatever. And I go, you know, I wish I could go back in the time machine and change things. And I never thought I would say that. But in my particular case, as more as time goes on, the more I'm reflecting, I just wish I could have. And I knew, I knew I was making mistakes, but I just trusted the system, which I've been told by a quote unquote past friend. And I really think you can take the system and shove it up your ass. So I, I, I every time I've listened to my gut, it's been wrong maybe once or twice uh, because I follow up on it. Um, yeah, I really think that's all a person needs is just their gut feeling, but whatever. And I just should I should have listened to them. I should have listened to that. And I just had my mom cracking up because, you know, I was being sarcastic and humorous. But it's all true. So on this Burl thing, 
there was a video about constitutional law. And right off the bat, it was about um, testing jurisdiction in a uh, victimless crime, which I found fascinating. And I think it's pro se. That's without uh, counsel rep uh, representation. You just go in there on your own. You're going to have to do your homework on this. But this guy said get a... Get the sixth edition Black Laws uh, dictionary. And um, here's why I'm saying this because something, some things have, had, have happened that were not taught in school. And this is one of them. Because if you, if you just, I don't want to say comply because you have to comply. But if you just go in willy-nilly and you do the standard operating procedures, it seems it seems to me that the system's rigged against you. Cause it's like it's like the Roach Motel for the cockroaches. You can check in, but you ain't checking out. And like entrapment, I guess would be the best. This is my perception and opinion. And unbeknownst to me, you have a lot more options than you think, or we do. And that's why, that's why we have to uh, look at this from definitely a, a red pill perspective. And go, okay, can we think outside of the box here? And what really are my rights and my options? Because anybody that gets a, uh, well, God forbid, let's say there's a warrant and you're arrested and then you got to go through the whole legal procedure and you just do it the way that we're taught or we see it on TV, you know, and it's like, well, wait a minute, but there's, there's another option. And apparently there are, there is. And that was this one. So it's, it, it's Burl, do your own homework from this point forward. I'm going to continue down this, but what I need to do, and I've talked to Scarlett about this. We, there's a woman that is an expert in uh, unconstitutional or, or constitutional law. And then I, I go down this rabbit hole on my own and it's like, well, there was allegedly uh, goes back to our founding fathers. I talked about this in the last podcast that uh, the Constitution's null and void, allegedly, for us peasants because we're not a party of the contract, which is, which made perk up, my ears perk up for concept, uh, corporate law, corporate contracts in the UCC and all this other stuff. 
so the energy by my observation and my world and my experience is that it keeps pointing to America as a corporation. And if you don't believe that, it's like every time you come into a town, it says, you know, like Loveland, Colorado, unincorporated, uh, 1887 or whatever it was. Sorry, I'm typing. Right there, there's there's like, well, what do, you, what do you mean incorporated? What does that mean? So if you're incorporated, that means you're a corporation thereof or subsidiary thereof, uh, S-Corp, LLC, whatever. I don't know the the corporate structure, but apparently there is one. And then like Washington DC is the corporate headquarters that from my experience, it works outside of the constitution. And it just seems like it's getting worse. And then the UN and then you got NATO and it's like all to supersede and go around the constitution which is not the way it's supposed to be. The Constitution is there for us as a country and for us peasants. Which the Magna Carta was the foundation of the Constitution. I'm just trying to find out what the hell's going on. But it, it all keeps pointing to the United States as a corporation. Here we go. This is what women want, according to this woman. Someone who's willing to spoil. <laughs> okay. So, so okay. So, women what? They always, 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 always want attention. Like, always, always, always. Like, like a, a fucking puppy dog or something. I mean, okay. Someone who's willing to spoil, pamper, and love me unconditionally. Whom is kind. Whom? It's not who is kind, not whom. I'm not an English expert, but that's not right. Sincere, honest, honest, passionate, loyal, sense of humor, loving, and wants a lifestyle of passion. Okay, does that mean sex? What does that mean? Passion and also knows how to have fun, but can also be serious when needed. So only serious inquiries will be accepted. Oh, jeez. Is she a corporation? Huh. I hope to hear from you soon. I'm looking for a soulmate, a best friend for life, someone I could talk to about anything. A good listener, smart and funny. I'd give the same to to the one. Who knows? Maybe you are my twin soul. Oh my God! Yeah. Until the bills start coming in, and then God forbid you pop out some kids, and then you got that stress. And then God forbid you let fucking other people into your family that you don't even know who the fuck they are, and then they become they when you find out they're allegedly a sociopath to destroy your fucking life. Uh, and then you got alcoholism in your family. Um, I don't know. No wonder why marriages don't last. God, see, I don't even know if I want to go down this fucking road. I think I'd just rather be alone 
do what I want to do, have my freedom, and fucking masturbate. I'm serious. But I, but I would love to. I would <laughs> really would love to find somebody that isn't going to fucking destroy me when somebody whispers stuff in their fucking ear or has a picture of uh, happenstance or circumstance and fucking literally goes after your shit. Really? That's another thing. Why does the state have to be involved between you and your significant other, i.e. husband or wife, when it has nothing to do with them? And then they decide whom, where you were, whom, that's where you use whom, whom gets what, really? Oh, wow, you were married for 27 years and you were the sole provider for your spouse. So therefore, since you were the sole provider, you're going to have to pay something to them for the rest of their fucking life. Really? Wow. I, I think that's kind of chivalry or a very honorable thing to do to go out and provide for your fucking family and then let your wife stay at home to raise your kids in this shitty fucking world in some, has some weird babysitter daycare center, watch your fucking kid that you can't even afford, uh, for, uh, for the life, uh, of a marriage in a relationship. But no, you gotta be punished for that. Oh no, you were the sole provider income. So therefore you are going to be punished. And I declare that you're going to have to pay this woman $50,000 a year till the day she dies. What? When she confides and puts faith into a family member that I let in here and, and puts into writing, I will defend my blankety blank at all costs over my own husband who I have marriage vows to. Come on. But forget all that, okay? I picked the wrong woman, all right? And I know I did, but I did. I, I didn't think I did because we were growing together and all that magical, romantic crap. And uh, so why does the state got to get involved? That's the whole point of it. Why does the state have to get involved? I don't get into the state's business, do I? No. I, I can't tell them I can vote, but I can't tell them their fiscal responsibilities and how they spend money, which they all piss it down a fucking hole. So why do they why do they get into mine in yours? That should be sacred and off limits and you cannot touch whatever legalese you come up with. Stay out of my fucking business. I will work this out. It'll be fair and equitable. And I'd rather see it through arbitration without it turning into legal. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of piece of shit people out there that don't and won't pay child support. Here's the thing. I've talked to people. Oh, yeah. Well, he's supposed to be paying me child support and he's supposed to be paying me alimony and this and that. And he's, and he's not. Okay, well, that's grounds for allegedly, because I was threatened with it, contempt of court. But I couldn't pay because my business was being destroyed because I had people, family members that were taking my business and former employees right out from underneath me while I was being destroyed. So I could not pay. Inability to pay. 
But if you're voluntarily saying I ain't paying you, then you're just a piece of shit. And if you're letting this person get away with that, then you should charge them with contempt of court. Go in front of a judge. It's a violation of a court order. I'm not an attorney. I'm telling you what happened to me. And then I just told my ex-wife, well, you can explain to your granddaughters why uh, their poppy's sitting in jail. And, I, and then I said, not to mention, you're cohabitating with a guy whom she's married to now. And that is against Illinois state law. And I could come after you because I don't have to pay you jack fucking shit. You, you see how the state or government gets into personal things and fucks them all up? And, and even with your kids. Oh, well, we got to have DCS up in there because blah, 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 blah. Oh, really? So you're going to yank my kid, rip him away from me, put him in some strange place, and then eventually put him in a foster home with somebody you don't even know who the fuck they are? Oh, yeah, that's really good for the mental stability of a human being. Shouldn't even do that to a dog. So it goes back to why and how does the government have this power? Are they truly a corporation? And then if so, how is that corporate structure trickled down to us? Are we quote unquote employees and are we liabilities on a balance sheet or profit and loss? Because we would be. Because that's how it's categorized, the cost of doing business. I ran a business for 20 years. I had my financials in my face every single day. You have a profit and loss and you have a balance sheet and, and employees, as far as payroll goes, is a liability, not an asset. We are liabilities. And it's the job of the higher-ups running the company, i.e. the United States of America, allegedly, to get or lower liabilities. Is it not? See, now, now we're going from a republic, freedom, life, liberty, and a pursuit of happiness, and constitutional law, which it appears to me was circumvented somehow, some way, someday, and now it's a corporation. Just if you don't believe me in the behavior, just look at what our amendments don't apply to social media. Well, they're a corporation. They can do whatever they want. Oh, well, let's see. That sure seems a lot of sense. Where did we get this model and idea from? Hmm. Elon Musk let out a tweet about this game called Dos X, D-U-E-S, and then dash E-X or something like that. The game's 20 years old. I The video's on Infowars.com. I suggest you watch that because that whole game narrative is about the elites and the power that they have and what their... Uh, objectives are in the game and they're exactly the same that's going on now what 
So for me to understand, which I try to do, I try to understand and seek the truth. If America is a corporation, that would explain their behavior a lot better than it does being a republic. Or a misunderstanding of supposedly a democracy. It explains the retention of power, the manipulation, and circumventing laws that apply to our republic as it was first intended. And it was basically a restructuring to make America a corporation. And again, being a person that studied business, experienced business, started with nothing and had a successful business for 20 years. Toes was destroyed from within. I have a pretty good picture of that. I've dealt with corporate. I've dealt with people in corporate. I'm telling you right now. So where I'm working right now, I know how corporate people think. And we're about ready to lose a customer. Because their behavior always says things. It's always the same. Always the same. Always there's a pattern. Always the same. Always the same. It's kind of like we're driving in a car and we're having a hell of a time. But I know this road and it goes off a fucking cliff. So, yeah, we're having a great time until we get to the end of the road and we're going to drive right off the fucking cliff. That is what's going on. Oh, how do you know that? That's not what the map says. GPS doesn't say that. You're, you're full of shit, Tim. Uh, okay, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's happening. Um, but you say things and people just don't. My son called me yesterday. He was going to tell me about the Burl thing. And he goes, well, try it up your alley, Dad, with conspiracy things and stuff. And I go, Josh, that's not what, that's not up my alley. I'm looking for the truth. The truth is up my alley. But when you start saying things like I did 15 years ago after I got, well, after my financial challenges came and my personal challenges came, which stemmed pretty much from 2008 by not letting, by letting people in my family and by uh, bailouts and everything, and why some people got saved and others were left for dead. Uh, restructuring. There, there's a perfect financial restructuring for quote unquote a corporation. And I'm like, who's who's deciding who survives and who dies? Just like COVID. COVID was another. And it's really interesting because if you can prove losses like COVID, from, from what I understand, for someone to go after somebody in the corporate world for losses, like, well, look at the money I could have made. Uh, and I'm not saying damaging stuff, you know, uh, like um, actually hurting the reputation or anything like that. I'm saying... Like when I did business, it was implied that they wanted uh, exclusivity. They wanted a partnership. 
And then when they went around me, it's like, you know what? I just lost a potential $500 and you called somebody else. And then, well, then I should be able to sue you for loss of income. No, you can't do that. So that makes sense when you put that into the COVID situation because the government was responsible for not protecting us and gain of function and everything else. Just just listen to Senator Paul about this stuff. Uh, and then InfoWars, because allegedly, if you're involved with gain of function, there that's a felony that can lock you up for, I think, 40 years. But it's always the same. Once you start going back, back up the hierarchy of a corporation, you're either smashed, destroyed, or they're protected, and there's nothing you can do about it. But I want to know who's going to pay for me relocating two times and having my hours cut in half. Based on irresponsible leadership and playing with things allegedly you shouldn't do with gain of function. Who did that? Somebody did that. But then, if what I'm saying is true and you can't go after somebody for loss of income or that should have been mine, you know, it's not because you did something. That's just tough shit because you would be told, well, that's just business. Oh, I see. When I get fucked and I lose money and income to whatever reasons, it's just business. But when it happens to you, oh, holy shit, man. Oh, oh you know, try not paying your taxes or this or that, or you're having problems paying your taxes. I'm not saying don't pay your taxes, but you're having problems paying them. Oh, well, just because of that, we're going to throw penalties and interest charges on you and uh, uh, make it even harder which makes no sense at all. I don't know about you, but me, it makes me think, is this really a corporation? Because you're sure the fuck acting like it. Little people, a little amount of people in the hierarchy have control and power over everybody that's below them. And the irony of that is the the more you go down a hierarchy, corporate hierarchy structure, the more people there are. So the similarities are just insane. And I'm, I'm I guess it's true. It is true. America is a corporation, but I don't know. I don't remember learning that in history class. I don't remember hearing that from anybody else. But apparently it's true. And you need to do your homework on that. And it allegedly all started by a post, uh, a post that I read in the last podcast by a guy that said the founding fathers signed an agreement with England because we were bankrupt and it restructured everything into a corporation and we're, we have servitude to the crown and have been paying a debt ever since then. And then kind of magically, the Federal Reserve was created in 1911, I think, or 1913. So here, here's the thing. Y'all don't get it. England kicked our ass. 
So all the bloodshed, Boston Tea Party, Civil War, Revolutionary War, has all been for nothing because the British won. Oh, you're full of shit. Okay, do your homework. Do your homework and read the book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. And see who owns the Federal Reserve is a corporation. There isn't see there's another one. The Federal Reserve is a corporation. It is not a branch of the government. It's as much a branch of the government uh, as federal expresses. The word federal in there was a, a misleading term. They don't have to listen to anybody. They don't have to do anything. They don't have to disclose anything. They can do whatever they want. And trust me, when you have control over the, over the monetary system of anything or anybody, you have them by the balls. Your rights don't matter. Nothing matters. That is your livelihood. Although, personally, I would rather want to be homeless and have my rights and be broke. I was trying to find some things here on the internet, YouTube specifically, and of course, uh, since they censor everything, I don't think I'm going to find it, especially on this. Just going to type, is America a corporation? Like I said, this totally changes the legal structure of everything. Everything. Now, this says America is still fundamentally a British colony. And I don't know what this is. Let's see. It's not coming. And I think that what Britain did in the United States was to form its DNA um, in very, very important ways. And I think that America, more than anything else, is a product of British, particularly the Scottish Enlightenment. Um, and if you think of the fundamental American tenet about the pursuit of, uh, you know, about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that's John Locke, the uh, um, second treatise, life, uh, liberty, and the pursuit of uh, life, liberty, and the protection of property, estates. Precisely. See, that's the difference. I think it's better. I think it's better. But a significant change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah. Um, uh, so there's that. I think there's the Protestant religion um, and that tradition, and there's the common law. And I think this combination of um, the Enlightenment and absolute fundamental respect for, 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 for property rights um, was, uh, and the Protestant religion and the common law was absolutely fundamental to what America was, what is best in America, what's most important in America, plus what they rejected. Um, at the revolution, which is monarchs, titles, aristocrats, is also fundamental to America and fundamental to what is best about America. So I, just, I should say the two sets of things that are best about America and that have defined it ever since its foundation are about either accepting or about rejecting things that to do with Britain. That's interesting. Because I, I mean, I didn't say that exact same thing, but I said very close to that. Okay, USA Inc. Where we are, where we are, how we got here, what may be next? Let's see what this one is. Off of YouTube. I'm Mary Meeker. I'm a financial analyst, an investor, and an American citizen. 
Our country's budget is a complicated subject and one that can cause emotional reactions for many people. It's my belief that a transparent and fact-based financial framework can help us all have more productive discussions about America's budget challenges that in turn can help lead to constructive solutions. I worked with a lot of thoughtful and dedicated people to compile this presentation called USA Inc. In it, we take a nonpartisan look at the financials of the US federal government as if it were a company. Of course, the government is not a company, but like any entity, it must manage its money so it doesn't spend more than it brings in. Sure about that? We look at our current and historical government collections and spending and describe how we got where we are and where it looks like we're going. Our report does not make policy recommendations, and all observations are based on publicly available data. What I will share with you today is a summary of the basic observations from a longer report we published in February. This presentation and the longer report are just starting points. Let's call this version an overview, an introduction to the country's financial challenges. To dig deeper into the data, you can view the full USA Inc. report at kpcb.com or order a printed copy from amazon.com. Feedback since we published the report has been positive. The report has been viewed more than 70,000 times on the web. I encourage you to read the report and use it in your discussions, and feel free to share this presentation. Improve the content, engage in the debate, help educate others, help find solutions, make America's founding fathers proud. We have a serious financial challenge in our country today. Our country spends more money than it collects. Just as a business that, that's brings called in money, also known as revenue, cash flow. Sells, Negative cash flow. the U.S. brings in revenue in the form of individual, corporate, and payroll taxes. Okay, well, 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 raise your hand if you like free stuff. Boring, 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 boring. boring. Okay, so this one. This is a TED Talk. I'm about to tell you horrible audio. Wonderful. Wisdom. All right. Uh, I called my talk today the real truth about the 2008 financial crisis. And so I, I guess what I ask you to do this morning is to think about what you believe, what the conventional wisdom is about 2008. And, it, and it, I'm, I'm going to put some words in your mind. Or... All right. So, really, you couldn't record this and go right into the fucking PA board? Oh my god, this better get good quick because I'm going to stop playing it. That's just irritating. Describe it this way, and that is most people believe that the free market capitalist system, especially bankers, uh, are greedy. Uh, they uh, go through periods of excess speculation, and then the world collapses and the government has to come in and save no, right? And, and by the way, this is the story that was told about the Great Depression, and it is also the story that is told about the 2008 financial crisis. Now, before I get into the meat of my presentation, I want you to think about something else. And that is that the Federal Reserve uh, controls the level of short-term interest rates in our economy. Everybody knows that today, uh, they're holding those interest rates at 0%, trying to get the economy moving again. What lots of people don't remember is that back in 2000 and 
one, two, and three, the Federal Reserve dropped interest rates to one percent. I want you to think about this because when you make a decision to take out a loan, when you make a decision to buy a house, what is the most important ingredient in that decision? I mean, obviously, whether you have income, interest you rates. House, That's why the market. The most important ingredient of that is the level of interest rates. Yeah, and that's why the economy is going to go into shitter. Your house is going to lose value because nobody can afford it, and you're going to not meet the ratios for income for a house. This is all basic shit. Oh, this is fucking good. So, I mean, let me fast forward this. You should know this too. Just banks in America in, in 1983 had no capital. Zero capital because they had lent too much to Latin and South American countries. Well, okay. Put this in perspective. <laughs> it's 18 or 20 people sitting around a table. Uh, the, the, the government did not say this. And in fact, this is one of the problems that people have when they're trying to understand the economy. You see, there's an interesting fact about our world. Yeah, that fine. is, the free market. No such thing. Capitalism. No such thing. Does not have a press agency. The government does. The Federal Reserve does. In fact, there's well, there's about two thousand books about this. All right. So capitalism was first of all, true capitalism is bound to failure without reg enforced regulation. And if this guy is meaning what he says, then 2008 should have cleared all the assholes out because they made mistakes. But they were all recapitalized. It's a zombie economy, and it depends on how good of friends you were with Washington, D.C., and who survived and who didn't. And the people that caused the problems supposedly fixed them, and they just delayed for the inevitable, which is coming here real quick. Uh, and uh, then they paid themselves uh, a gazillion dollars to fix something they fucked up. So I don't know who this guy is. But, uh, it's TED Talk, The Real Truth About the 2008 Financial Crisis. I, I've heard enough. The, this is not it. The system would have been fixed if they let it. And if that meant bankruptcies with everybody that was involved, including the United States government, and so be it. something else I'll tell you. Maybe I should try to type this. So back in the meltdown, they got bailed out. Okay, I don't care what this guy says. The government bailed people out. So which we're paying for. Taxpayers are paying for. Uh, and that was a bailout. But they said we're not doing that again. So now there's something called a bail-in. And you need to look up Cyprus. Because about 10 years ago they tried this. According to what I know in my homework, this is totally legal. And when you deposit your money in a bank, that's their property. 
not yours. When things get bad again, and they did a test, test a beta test of this in Cyprus, uh, allegedly 20 to 30 percent or more or less of your money in their bank is going to disappear because they're going to take it. Here's a guy right here. The economic ninja. It's the only thing I can... There's only one thing. FDIC plans for collapse. What's this about? Let's see. Here it is. The vanish holster. The world's most... And then this will be the, this will be the end of this. So let me see. Let me see what she's got to say. Had gold and silver money. You didn't need any guarantees because these were the guarantees. Then they transitioned us to this, which is this is a gold certificate, a ten dollar gold certificate. So you'd walk in the bank with this, and you could walk out like that with that. And so that helped you feel like okay, well these had some value. Until they don't. Sean a dollar. But what's coming up. Here we go. Listen. Is about to devastate most people. And the foundation is laid. I'm going to show you this and more. Coming up. Okay. So this is uh, this is interesting. Banks buy gold and plan for bail-ins. I'm trading ink. So that's on YouTube. You want to find this. So I'll play some of it until uh, it gets... Ridiculous. I'm Lynette Zhang, Chief Market Analyst of ITM Trading, a full-service physical gold and silver dealer specializing in custom strategies and you darn well better have one because this is now 2023 and i'm going to talk to you about the insurance and what's really happening underneath the surface that actually puts all of your wealth at risk and you've heard the term bail-in well you know back in 1933 what did the government have to do there was a bank run prior to that 29 there was a bank run and people actually got very local and were bartering because they did not trust the banking system and the money because of all of the devaluations let's just take a little trip down memory lane so after the stock market crash in 1929, people stopped trusting the banks, the monetary system, certainly the stock market. Their confidence was really lost. And so the government and the central bank, in order to stay under control, probably had to make some changes. Let's listen to Roosevelt's an excerpt from Roosevelt's fireside chat. The new law allows the 12 Federal Reserve Banks to issue additional currency on good assets, and thus the banks that reopen will be able to meet every legitimate call. The new currency is being sent out by the Bureau of Engraving and Printing in large volume to every part of the country. It is sound currency because it is backed by actual good assets. So let's think about what he just said there, right? What he was really talking about is after the confiscation of the gold, 
in 33, those are the good assets that he's referring to. And he's also referring to the revaluation when he was talking about them being able to issue this money in large volumes. So he wanted to prevent a run, the run to continue, much as we saw back in March of 2020 when we had all these central bankers coming out and saying, you don't have to worry about your cash in the bank or your money in the bank because we can just create as much as we want to. So don't worry about it. It's the same kind of rule book that they used to use. And by the way, I'm going to show you this. This is the $10 gold certificate. And you could walk into the bank with this and walk out of the bank with this $10 gold coin. Well, I want you to take a look at the new $10 bills after that. They look very, very similar. So that's the way they make, the, make these transitions. They'll change the laws to instill that confidence. And they'll try and keep things looking as close to normal as possible so that you don't realize that anything has changed when in reality, everything had changed. The other thing that they did was install the Glass-Steagall Act, which separated deposit-taking banks from investment risk-taking banks. So they wanted everybody to feel confident because after all, what created the crash in 29 was a lot of risk taking. There's more to it, but that's for another day. And they guaranteed deposits. That's when the FDIC was born. So that people would put their deposit in the bank, trusting that they would be able to get it back out again. We're going to talk more about that in a while. But I think it's really interesting that openly he was talking about the revaluation of gold to dollars, which enabled them to print so many more. Because after all, they're backed by good assets. Guess what, guys? These are still good assets. But, you know, this evolution, they can't do things overnight because then you notice things and you make different choices. And I've talked about this many times. In 95, they, they legalized Reg D, and that actually was about uh, the banks having more money to work with in their speculations. Because when you make a deposit in a bank, it is swept into a sub-account that is in the bank's name, not yours. And that's how they justify where they legalize the banks using your equity for their benefit. And by the way, what's that called? Deposit reclassification. It's also what sets up the bail-in. So, you know, you may think all of this is just coincidental, but I don't think any of it's coincidental. I think it was very well planned. And what happened back in 99? Financial Services Modernization Act, the Graham-Leach-Bailey Graham Act, which repealed large parts of the Glass-Steagall Act and allowed deposit-taking banks to merge with Wall Street risk-taking banks. Okay, that was 99, and we certainly know what happened afterwards in 2008. But has that changed? No, it's just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger, all of these risks. We'll talk more in a second. But over time, depositor protections were removed. Not a shocker. They did it again in 2008. 
but this also enabled consolidation of the banking sector. So back between 90 and 96, there were 37 banks down to four in this particular example, Citigroup, JP Morgan, Bank of America, and Wells Fargo. Those are the big four. And you can see how we went from a whole bunch of banks down into four. So what that really does is it concentrates the wealth and the risks inside the financial system, because if one of these four go down, you heard of the term too big to fail, right? Well, this is 2007 to 2009. The crisis began in 2007. And that consolidation into to fewer and fewer banks has continued. This is 2008 to 2019, the most current numbers. And this is Austria, Italy, Spain, Germany, Japan, and the U.S. Here's the U.S. right there, that green line. So that whole trend and of consolidation of risks is happening globally as well. It is not just a U.S. issue. It is a global issue. And what has their access to all of that very cheap depositor money for their, for their speculation? Well, you've seen this about a gazillion times. This goes through the third quarter of 2022. This is the most, this is the most current data that we have on this. And you can see that derivative exposure was here in 2007 when the crisis began. And it's higher than that. And in the meantime, we've talked about it. They have created these mathematical formulas, netting and compression, to make it look smaller. So do we know how much is really at risk? Well, let's see what the FDIC has to say about that. Because what they say is, while the notional amount is a proxy for the amount of derivatives activity, it does not measure the riskiness of the activity, nor, frankly, the size of the activity. And just keep in mind, you're doing all of this risky behavior with your deposits. Legally, legally, nobody went to jail in 2008 because it was all legal. So let's take a look at how much is at risk of bailing. And this is the estimated FDIC insured deposits as of June 2022. This is the most current different from the most current different report. I remember you've got links. You can listen to the whole fireside chat. You can follow all these and take a look for yourself at the FDIC's uh, deposit insurance fund diff report. So this is total FDIC insured institutions. There are 4,780 of them, banks and savings and loans. They have 23.8 trillion in assets. So that includes your deposits. Out of that 23.8, 18.1 trillion are in deposits, but only 9.9 .9 of that 18.1 is insured. The rest of it falls above that $250,000 threshold for the insurance. So how much is it? $8.2 trillion that is not insured. Boom, as we've seen in, in Greece, in Cyprus, in Portugal, in many other countries uh, around 2013, 
all the rest of that gets bailed in. So you have to kind of wonder if you're a small business and you have your payroll in the banks and that beats that hundred, that two hundred fifty trillion dollar or two hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollar insurance limit. Or is your payroll going to be bailed in when there's a bail-in event? So how much of the $5.7 trillion in other assets could be those speculative derivatives? We already know that banks generate more than 52% or 50% of their income through trading. But let's just take a look at how much is in that fund to protect the other, that, what, what did I say that was, $9.2 trillion, $9.9 trillion. How much is in there to ensure that? Let's take a look. This is the Deposit Insurance Fund Balance, also known as the DIF. And these are the insured deposits. So there's your $9.9 trillion. But oh my goodness, they only have $124.458 billion to insure $9.9 trillion? Does that seem about right to you? No, that's 0.0126 pennies for every a dollar insured dollar. So that means that as long as only one bank and they go down in an orderly fashion, okay, you're not going to know it. But if there is indeed a real crisis in a lot of those big banks, you saw the four big insured banks, they go down at once, you, my friends, they'll notice because they're not going to be able to give you that money. And they were one small bank failure away after 2008, 2009, one small bank failure away from the whole world knowing that they were out of money. They're insuring 9.9 trillion. How are they going to do that with 124 billion? They're not. So what all of this is, is extreme leverage with minuscule reserves, because all of the new laws, way more than what I've talked about, has been all about reducing reserve requirements. And what that means is if, if the banks don't have to put money here for a rainy day, then they have more money to speculate and play with. And then that means more profits and all sorts of other things. And as long as everything is hunky-dory, you're okay. You're never going to realize the risk you're in. But when things turn different, they turn different. And by the way, they have turned different. The debt bubble has popped. Wall Street's lucrative leverage debt machine is breaking down. They're stuck, and we've talked about this before, with roughly $40 billion of risky debt on their books that they typically repackage and sell to you for your retirement, for your IRAs, etc. And now they're stuck with this debt because, because frankly, investors are going, no, I'm not really comfortable with this. Yeah, so they haven't been buying it. And I just want to bring this up because we talked about it a couple weeks ago. The $12.6 billion of debt that backed Elon Musk's buyout of Twitter is by far the biggest burden weighing on balance sheet for any single buyout. But what I want to point out to you is that the equity that he used were his shares of stock. That's when he used that as, as collateral for these loans. And now that stock is down big. 
can you see it's oh what a tangled web we weave well first we practice two deceives this is a very tangled tangled web but in the same time so this is their lending machine the debt machine bank of america reaps benefits of volatility of as lending income misses so traders beat estimates of what they're going to all of that volatility that generates the trading revenue and those traders beat that estimates not on the debt side not on the lending side but on the speculation side because investment banking so we're talking about this kind of banking over here fell 54 percent don't you think then the banks are going to be more and more dependent on trading revenues, what they can pick up. Fees for advising on mergers and acquisitions declined 43%. The underwriting of equity deals fell 65%. Debt underwriting slumped almost 58%. You see the problem? So they've got to keep this machine going. They've got to keep those profits going. And speculative trading becomes a whole lot more important. But this is what I really want you to hear because it's not me saying it. This would be if you only shared this slide with your family and friends, they need to hear this. And by the way, the link for this entire, I think, three and a half hour meeting is below. But you also have just the snippet links as well. Because the FDIC bankers discuss bail-ins to deal with impending market collapse. When people need to know, but I don't think you have much of, of reaching the public that doesn't have a professional need to know. Yeah, why do you need to know? I completely agree with that. I almost think you'd scare the public if you put this out. Like, why are they telling you this? Should I be concerned about my bank? Like, my insurance company doesn't tell me what they're doing with my assets. They just assume they're going to pay my claim. Right? It's, it's, I, I think you've got to think of the unintended consequences of taking a public that has more full faith and confidence in the banking system than maybe people in this room do. And that's the FDIC. We want them to have full faith and confidence in the banking system. They know the FDIC insurance is there. They know it works. They put their money in. They get their money out. So there is, there is a select crowd of people that are in the institutional side. And if they want to understand this, they're going to find a way to understand this. There's a bunch of law firms represented in this room. There's a bunch of people that charge them by the hour a lot of money to explain this all to them. And, 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 and it's fine. And I, I, don't have a, I don't have a problem. And they all have huge staffs. But I would be careful about the unintended consequences of starting to blast too much of this out in the general public. Yeah. Because they don't want you to know. And just like we saw in Cyprus, and you remember that graph, and maybe Edgar, we can just kind of post that in there. Your deposits are what they call sticky. Ask yourself, when was the last time you changed banks? People don't. They just trust, okay, I'm going to make my deposit. That's my money. It's not. It's legally their money. It's not your money. You've now loaned them that money. But in your mind, you're thinking, that's my money. And so when this next crisis happens, well, let's see what they say about discussing the bill. A little bit conflicted, right? I mean, it's important that people understand they can be bailed in, but you don't want a huge run on the institution. But they have, I mean, they're going to be. That's, 
and and it could be an early warning signal to the FDIC and the primary regulators when these things happen. And there may be some other prices. This is uh, similar to what Jay was saying in the market that you can tell whether people understand how the, who's going to be protected, who isn't going to be yeah, protected. They're not going to be protected. Be, and I think an interesting study to look at the evolution of market prices in a situation like March of 2020, for example, and see whether people understood what might happen. Right? Yeah, did you think that in March of 2020, were you thinking that your savings might be bailed in? And so what did you do? That's when there was a start of a run going all the way back to the beginning, right? That's when there was a start of the run at the banks. And we had all those central banks trot out and say, oh, but no, we can just print as much money. We can just print as much money as we want. You don't have to worry about your deposits in the bank. You can get your money back. Yeah. Of course, it has a whole lot less value, hello inflation, than when you put it in there. But people will ask me all the time, oh, but what about CDs and what about bonds? Well, okay, let's see what the FDIC, this FDIC committee says about that. I think we have to sit down and talk to long-term debt investors and make sure that they, as a stakeholder group, fully understand bank debt today is not what it was before. It is not principal protected by design. And I think that that, is, that expectation, I like how you started off, that's like, it's all about expectation setting. And I think that is, that is absolutely critical. If that doesn't hold, this whole thing is And so I think it's uh, one area to focus on. I do want to go back to something Jay said about stable. So they know what they're about to do and they're making plans. Are you making plans? Because you need to click that Calendly link below and set up a time to set up your own strategy and become your own central bank because you cannot count on FDIC insurance. You cannot count on them. And my question is, you've got to ask yourself, is it okay if they take your deposits? Is that okay with you? Now look, we can't just close out our bank accounts and I'm not telling you to rush and pull every penny out of the bank. If you're running a business like I am, obviously you've gotta have money in there to run your business. But anything more than that, why are you leaving it at risk and in jeopardy? They have roughly a penny for every insured deposit. They have a lot of deposits that are not insured. I make sure that I have enough cash outside of the system in a private vault so that if something like that happens, I can still pay everybody that works with me because I don't want them to be in a bad position. Now, of course, once they take this all digital and we have CBDCs, that makes having this and this outside of the system that much more important because it is good money, good assets, as Roosevelt says, that will get you through whatever you need to get through because you can always convert this into the local currency if you need to, or if like we were in the depression, we go to bartering because people no longer trust the money, 
then you've got something to work with because this has the broadest base of buyer and the broadest base of demand. And it's the only financial asset that runs no political risk and no counterparty risk. And we know that central banks have been binging like crazy on gold. Why? Because you just listened to the whole group over at the FDIC. You think central bankers don't know that better than you and me? Oh, yes, they do. And they also have an indication of just how close we are. And while everybody makes this assumption that they want this thing to keep going forever, I do not make that assumption because there's no, virtually no purchasing power left in the currency. And they're anchored somewhere near zero. They're attempting to do a liftoff in interest rates, but that's pushing us into much more than a global recession. Although, if you listen, you're going to hear, oh, this is just going to be a mild recession. No! This is the end of the of this currency's life cycle. It's the end. It's over. It's over. There's no purchasing power left. They have to attack principal. That is, by the way, what negative rates are but this is not impacted by it. And who knows more about money than central bankers? And who knows more about what they're doing than central bankers? But also the 1%, right? Look at that these coins, now this is not, this is not an ultra rarity. This is a lot more common than that which is all we need. I just want to be in this category. You don't need to spend $8 million on a coin. But I want to be in this category because as we're seeing in places like Ghana and India, et cetera, that gold can easily be, well, not easily, but gold can be confiscated. They don't want you to hold your wealth. But are they going to swap an $8 million coin for $42.22 or even $50, which is the face value of the new one-ounce gold eagles? No. So I want to be in that category. So it doesn't matter. What if I'm right and they confiscate? What if I'm wrong and they don't confiscate? It doesn't matter. A hundred bazillion percent. This is the end of this currency's life cycle. And nobody seems to be talking about it but me. I lived through it. I lived through it in 71. I know what that looks like. I want to live through it this time with my wealth protected. Because who knows more about protecting and accumulating wealth than the 1%? I mean, seriously, do you really think that it's just a coincidence that global central banks and the 1% are accumulating gold as fast as they can at the same time? Hmm. I don't think it's coincidence. And I think this is what you should do too. It's what I'm doing. So we started doing something for, for just this minute because it is so important for you to understand that the system actually died on 2000, in 2008. And so that 2008 was just a warning. So I know we just put out a piece on the history and everything that led up to 2008 and then to where we are today. But Eric and I also did a piece, just a conversational piece to help you understand that even better.
So because it's critically important, ignorance doesn't make you immune. It just leaves you vulnerable. And we're trying to create pieces that you can share with your friends and loved ones that maybe they will listen to and start to understand where we are. Because seriously, we're running out of time. And again, if you have not yet started your gold and silver strategy, click that calendar link below and give us a call and set that time up. You've got to have wealth insurance, and that's exactly what gold is, and purchasing power insurance, and for me, that's what silver is. So if you like this, please give us a thumbs up. Make sure you leave us a comment. Make sure you subscribe, and really, I think this is a great one to share, share, share. Even if all you share on this one are the audios from that just recent FDIC meeting. Share, please. And until next we meet, please be safe out there. Bye-bye. Wow. And I, I just think I just picked that just by lottery or circumstance. Uh, I couldn't have picked a better one. <laughs> this is what I'm gonna say about this. And she's not the only one who's saying this. I saw her talk to the lead editor on Kitco on YouTube uh, yesterday, actually. And this is the same woman that was on that video. Unbelievable. We got people like Peter Schiff, Gerald Salente, Jim Rogers, Mark Faber, Harry Dent, Jim Rickard. There, there's Max Kaiser. There's a lot of people out there that have been ringing the bell for a very, very long time on this stuff, not just this woman. Uh, but the message is the same. Now, this is what I'm going to say, and I'm going to end the show, but I'll go in to see if anybody's in the chat room. This is a lot to take. Because the first reaction is denial. It's denial, then it's anger, then it's, then it's acceptance, and then what are you going to do about it? I'm going to say my experience in this. There is no doubt in my mind that whether it's impartial or full, that this has made my demise. I was taking actions to prevent this ever since 2008 to make sure that me and my quote-unquote family were going to be okay. By the perception of others, and you're going, you are going to, if you're not already, going to experience this. You're crazy. That's insane. That will never happen. They would never do that to us. Think of it like if you're in a if you are in a great, great relationship in a marriage, God bless you. But let's say that's that's the case, and then you start hearing things. Um, I saw your wife with this guy at such and such, uh, and you keep hearing it. I saw your husband at this place with this other woman at such and such, and then you start hearing it from different people telling you the same thing. What is going to be your reaction? Oh, he would never do that to me. Oh, she would never do that to me. 
y'all can go to hell and fuck off. Well, see, now you're going to alienate yourselves. When, if you have people that care about you that much and feel that they can tell you that, you're a very blessed person. Okay? But this is similar but opposite. Because this is about money and this is about a global monetary system that was after severed, Nixon severed the uh, gold standard in 1971, which our currency is supposed to be backed by, but it was severed temporarily. That must be like transitory. I would like the definition of that. Since 1971, it was temporarily severed by President Nixon by an executive order. Define temporary. You are going to hear and be treated like an outcast. You may lose everything you're trying to protect. Because people are going to label you as a fucking nut job. Crazy, okay? Is this crazy? This is 15 years later. I started preparing for this stuff back in 2008 because I knew it was over. And I prepared and I did everything I could as a husband, father, leader, provider, man, human being to protect my family, which I do not have any longer. This is becoming more mainstream. People are waking up to what I found out by intense research and, in fact, starting my own podcast, first called The Red Pill Show, and now The Original Red Pill Show, because I had people impersonating me, or one in particular, and stealing that, borrowing it, whatever, I don't care. That's why it's called The Original Red Pill Show. And when I started bringing this stuff up, and I did in the past, I have no doubt... At the time, my wife understood and had my back and believed in what I was doing. It is when people that played her as a predator and her kindness and weakness. And, uh, I mean, let's just face it. Her and I were like, we were unstoppable as a team. We were unstoppable. And people saw that. And there's some certain people in your life and mine that don't want you to have what you have. And the only way to stop you from obtaining that is to divide and conquer. And that is exactly what happened to me. Now, I thought that could never happen because, number one, this woman and I have been through hell and back, and we always agree that we would not blame each other for our problems, and we didn't. But there was people that came into this family that had a reputation of doing this in the past that no one listened to, except me, and got into my wife's house, and her mental stability was compromised from Lyme's disease, and uh, she 
started and ultimately decided that she did not believe in what I was doing and I lost all confidence in her. The irony of that is after the divorce, she got all the assets. <laughs> so, because that's what I agreed to in the decree. So it's very interesting that when you're called crazy or that's nuts or this and that, and the very people that are doing that to you, whom you think you can trust and did trust and have their best interests along with your own, turn on you and betray you, and they get what they're actually making fun of. How ironic is that? It's just like when you're working for somebody and you're trying to get through their head and go, look, you know, maybe there's a better way to do this and do that and do this and do that. And they, they might placate you and then they'll dismiss you. See, but the day you start your own company, oh, now you're a threat. Wait a minute, assholes. I was working with you trying to improve things and doing this and doing that and all you did is say that won't work and be dismissive or placate me to keep me there but but ultimately you had no intention of making any kind of changes for the better of the good for everybody and then when i decide to take those ideas and implement them into my own company now i'm a threat true story a very common one. So all I, all I can say to you is I've seen this coming for 15 years. I agree with this woman that we are at the end of our fiat currency cycle, which usually lasts 40 to 50 years in the history of the world. You have a problem with this, contact her or do some homework in fiat history and you will see that it used the life cycle of fiat history is 40 to 50 years. And then you heard what she provided, and I'm sharing, and she said, share this, share this, share this. And above all else, if you don't share this, share the FDIC's audio, which I didn't know was in there. I didn't know what I was playing. And they're admitting it. There, there's something wrong. There's something wrong when people know that there's something wrong. Who have who have power to change it, but they don't, and they change it for their behalf and benefit, not yours. You all better wake the fuck up now. You can lose your friends. You can lose your family, like I have, all of it. You can lose your business. You can lose your assets. You can lose everything that you have worked your entire life for. And deal with it. However, when your labor and hard work and skills is being paid by a currency that has no more value and 
is ultimately going to fail, as history has shown, what will you truly have or not have? Without money, currencies, or something to have besides bartering, which it's going to go to. She said it. It's happened. It will. You better make sure you got some skills or some service that you can provide to people that, and I hate this word, that's going to be essential or needed. Because you're going to be wiped out. And that's what she's saying. Now, what you decide to do from here is entirely up to you. But... I'm going to warn you, you go down this rabbit hole, there will be unintended consequences if you have no idea, and it might even destroy you further. But what it will do, it will separate you and the people from you that you thought loved you and trusted you. And you will find people with affinity and cohesiveness that do believe what you believe. But isn't that what it's all about? There's going to be a lot of lemmings and lambs led to the slaughter. I would probably say 95% or more. But for your benefit, you better wake the fuck up and see the writing on the wall. Just go to Bloomberg. It's free. Watch what's going on. There's big major companies that are losing their fucking ass right now. And they're laying off thousands of people with no jobs. It's bad enough that we were betrayed and fucked when all of our manufacturing jobs were taken out of this country and shipped with cheap, cheaper labor for higher profits. That, that's a path to destruction. Okay. Now, people that do have jobs are losing them. Look what happened to Detroit, Rockford, Illinois. All these manufacturing boom towns are shibbles. When you lose your job or Americans lose their jobs, your town is going to turn into a shit hole. What are you going to do to prepare for that? I have a plan. I may share it. I may not. Quite honestly, I really don't know because I had a plan that I implemented in 2008. And it's all been taken from me. So I'm not talking out of my ass when I say it's been taken from me. It doesn't matter who took it from me and how it was taken from me. It was taken from me. Two houses, three cars, two, three motorcycles, two snowmobiles, a boat, a, a business. Everything was taken from me. Doesn't matter who. I've been down this road. Everything will be taken from you. You need to.
to plan and prepare. I couldn't because it was so bad. I had to file bankruptcy. And now it's really destroyed me. And it's been three and a half years. I haven't had a lot of time to implement my plan because I'm starting all over again. At 54 years old. So forgive me that I've been utterly fucking destroyed. But you're not. So I ask you, what are you going to do? Do your homework from good, reliable sources. Like this woman here. I mean, she works at some investment business. ITM trading. So, you know, she's not somebody sitting in her underwear in her fucking basement doing a fucking podcast. I'm exactly saying that. What's the t-shirt, the baseball hat, but I mean, but I'm not, I'm not talking out of my ass. This is a professional lady that has seen what inflation was back in the 70s. I was a kid, so it really didn't bother me. She must be a little older than me. And I don't really think she's just trying to sell you something gold. I, I think she's trying to tell you something. Another one is uh, goldsilver.org, Mike Maloney. That's another good one. Just educate yourself on money. Oh, and read the Bitcoin standard. I'm not telling you to buy Bitcoin. Read the Bitcoin standard book because it tells you about all the stuff. It tells you about how money started and the tulip thing and, you know, bartering. Just for the education of money and currency, read the fucking book. Forget Bitcoin. I don't care what you're talking Blockchain technology, Bitcoin. Don't read the book for that. Read the book for what I'm saying. You have to understand how money in the banking system works and how it all began. Because you're going to be left with nothing. And depending on how the handle is, you might become a debt slave. Because I really just can't see them letting the debt go. Which is going to get us back into Roman times and other times where now you're a debt slave. And if you're a gladiator and you end up winning, then your debt to the king is uh, to would it be a king in Rome. I think so. I think so. Oh, uh, Caesar, sorry. Your debt would be forgiven if you were victorious in the arena. You might think it's a fucking joke. Uh, history already always repeats itself. So that's what we've done. That's probably what will happen again. I don't think your debt is going to go away. That's why I won't buy a house. I have a debt for a car, a motorcycle. I'm trying to establish my credit. But if you think I'm going to sign a mortgage or a contract with the bank, now you're fucking crazy. I've learned my lessons.
take it from somebody that does. I do not want to experience what have I I've experienced people have been so destroyed to a level of nothing that they've killed themselves. And I've never thought that. I mean, I've been heartbroken, stricken, struck down, left for dead, called all kinds of names. My, my son was sharing that. He had my ex-wife and my daughter over this place over a holiday. And uh, both of them, whom I busted my ass and provided and protected, were saying some very bad, negative things and untrue things about me. And my son told him to shut up. I, I, I can't tell you the damage that, that does to somebody that busted their ass honestly and all they wanted to do was provide for their family. And, and then it's like this podcast. You're always going to get your naysayers and, oh, well, who's this guy and why is he doing it? I'm doing this for the betterment of humanity and for us as a human race. Because if we continue down this road, we're fucked. Treating each, Treating other, each other like, like shit, shit. taking Take advantage, advantage of your trust, letting illegal immigrants in and let them do whatever they want and you pay them for it. In, in the guise of, oh, this is America and please come here and uh, it's a great country, when all they do is they want you to vote for them. And you're an idiot if you can't see that. Every single person that has been a friend of the government has been oppressed. Look at the Native American Indians, look at people in the projects, and now they're doing it to these poor innocent people fleeing here because they think they're going to have a better life, which they may, but it's not for that. It's for votes. We can be very horrible people in the guise of, oh, oh, no, this is for your betterment. Oh, really? Boy, that's been working really well. No, it's the people in power that have made decisions for them, for their best friends or their buddies or whoever they are, and not for you. See, you better grasp that. Like Reagan said, President Reagan said it's like the worst five things somebody can say from the government is, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Don't be a fool. Or you can just keep doing what you're doing. And be called a lunatic. You're crazy person and insane and all this and all that kind of stuff. But you know what you're doing? You're waking up and you're raising your awareness and your intelligence and knowledge of what's truly going on. When I named the show, the show, the show, the show, I really didn't know how accurate it was. We are in our matrix. This is all a guy's fantasy land, what you want to happen, what you think is happening for your benefit is not truly happening. There's somebody pulling the strings, a running virtual reality, reality. And, and when, when you start discovering that, that uh, the agency or agency comes, comes after you and, and tries to take you out or change your mind. I never, I never thought, thought how, how real whatever that is. is. The major major truly is. is. I don't, I don't think we're up. up, up to some design thing and 
for power supply for AI and robots, but it's coming, coming. It's coming, coming, going, going, going. going. Uh, uh, but but just need to test that with um, um, the elite disease, actually. They're the ones, they're the ones that are going to control that. And the guys, the guys that, that we are. But you, but you, but you better but you wake, wake the fuck up, up for, for you. Not for, not for me, not for the show, show, not for not popularity or anything of any kind. kind. You better, better wake up. up. And do something, do something quick. quick. That, that video, video doesn't, doesn't make you make anything. anything. Then, then you're, you can't, you can't be helped. But for the love of God, guys, just do some do more, more homework. And make up, and make up your own mind. So I'm going to so get in the chair this minute and that. So someone's going in a lot of comments. comments. So people are listening. Thank you. Yeah, but I think it's a police car. So that usually happens when you do shows like this. So I know. Interesting, interesting. We'll see, we'll see what the, uh, we'll see, we'll see the, uh, uh, reading, reading some. In the, in the, um, uh, stats, stats. But, but I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, two hours, two hours and four minutes. Hope you enjoy the show. show. Uh, do your own, do your own homework, you're this, uh, this hour, self, self. And that's all, that's all I can tell you. This show, show started, started very best of the 2000 It's coming, coming, it's coming again, again. Except this time, it's not, it's not going to be said. Start for the second, second chance. So what's the point to me about it? About it? I told my feminist yesterday, and I can tell she tells you that we're going to my it's not, not, it's not, it's not up to me to me that you mentioned it. It's, it's for me to convince you that you want your home program to figure out yourself. So do that. Do that. Just do that. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for listening to the original show.